the Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic here on the strategic hot box what a year we've all been through right it's been or what feels like maybe 10 years it's just been perhaps just the last year we're just really excited to be still uh meeting with different leaders and having different conversations and still believing in all of this passionate stuff around leadership and one of the focuses that i wanted to have this year in the conversations that I'm having with our subject matter experts is around health and what that means for us as human beings. So we have a badass guest with us today. Her name is Monica Jane and we're gonna learn more about her shortly. Our topic today is around evolving authentically. And it's about this evolution that we have as human beings and how we can be true to ourselves, how we can be more transparent with, with who we are on the inside and show that and have that be who we give to the to the outside. And I think that plays a big role in what everyone's going through from a health standpoint, whether it's mental health or spiritual health. A lot of humans, especially those of you that are here uh, with me today, higher performing leaders, have an innate desire to grow, right? Whether it's as a leader or a parent or in the schooling or even with our passions or things that we might do extracurricular. Most of us want to do and be better. But growth also requires us to be intentional, at the very least intentional, saying, I'm going to make a point of this. I am going to improve in these skills. And one of the greatest things this uh, this pandemic has brought is an evolved or changed, shifted sense of time, right? And so I know in some of the things that I've, the conversations we've had in the past, when I was traveling all the time, it was like, if only I wasn't traveling and I would be home and have so much more time. And well, that that wish was granted. So I apologize if I'm the one that put that out into the universe. But it's true that 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 has shifted. And so now what? And how can I be the most effective I want to be and deserve to be the people around me deserve me to be while in this kind of evolved state? So it requires a lot of self-reflection and also a clear understanding of who we are and what our core values and beliefs are. Some of this comes with time and maturity and other it just comes with being intentional and focusing on that. We also want to be aware that the decisions of our family and friends, our networks, uh, will maybe not evolve with us, right? And we can't let some of those pressures from our communities have us end up being somebody that isn't true to us. Because when we are being true to us, growth, it, it just ends up going in the wrong direction or it isn't attainable at all. But we have a really incredible guest with us today who's passionate about this authentic evolution. And I happen to know her from way back in the day. I shouldn't even say that because it might date us both, but back in the day, back old school in college, I'd like to introduce you formally now to Monica Jane. Monica is a trailblazer of unbashed badassery, and she's a certified in accelerated evolution, queer competency, and as an executive 
and erotic blue point blueprint coach. Excuse me. So let me say it again. She is an erotic blueprint coach. I want to make sure I got that that right. She identifies as genderqueer. Her pronouns are they, them, and she, her, and believes in the core values of safe places, self-responsibility, clarity and communication, conscious rebellion, and being unabashed, unabashedly badass, which I think any anything having to do with being a badass, I cannot wait to learn more. So let's welcome Monica Jane. Hello, Monica. Hi, nice to be with you today, Brandy. Thanks for having awesome. me here. I'm so excited that you're here with us. And I think that uh, I don't even want to say how many years or how long it's been since we've seen one another, but it is really cool to be here with you virtually and share some of your passions with everyone that has joined us. Awesome. Can Thank you, you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us about your journey and how you've ended up in this place of unabashed badassery. Thank you. Uh, long story short, I became a, zo a zombie robot, zombie roboting through life, doing all the things that I was told you should do, being all the ways I was told you should be, and making all the decisions I was told you should make. Meaning, I went to college because that's what you do after high school. I had never had anyone in my family do that. I followed a corporate America path, uh, the latter path, because that's what I was told you're supposed to do. And then one day I was standing in my three-bedroom home, three-car garage with the red KitchenAid mixer on the counter and thought, why, if I have the partner, the house, the new car, and all of the things, am I so unhappy? Why? And what I realized is I was following a path of should instead of what my body actually had to say to me. And so I ended up uh, following a path of getting in touch with my turn on and arousal. And we had no segue there, so you might have a follow-up question about that. <laughs> but I realized following my eroticism and getting in touch with that is was the key that unlocked the door to what's an actual yes for me and what actually matters to me and i've come to realize through this 21 year journey that my turn on and arousal is the compass that lights the path to that which is a yes for me that which is life-giving and expansive and my turn off tells me what's a no and what's a should not for me and so that's what um, unabashed badassery really is, is paying attention to what's true for you instead of like you said in the intro there, just following what everybody else thinks that we should do. Mm -hmm. And how often is it, I feel like, for leaders, for humans to have this vision of what their white picket fence is supposed to be and whether it's from you know how we grow up and it's essentially really, it was dad's vision for me or mom's vision for me or family or even just our first job kind of creating that, that illusion in a sense without stopping and saying, what, who am I and who am I in this process? Do you see that yes, a lot definitely. with the clients you work with? Yes, definitely. And don't get me wrong. I am not saying no one should follow the corporate America ladder and no one should pursue the American dream. What I'm saying is I realized that I am a contrarian and none of that works for me. This one time I was bawling on the phone to one of our, uh, um, one of our collegiate friends and I 
I said, why, why am I not happy with all of this? I've worked my way to the top. I'm a six figure executive level operations manager at aerospace and defense. And I'm the only female in the company, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I said, why can't I be happy like all of you? And why can't I be more like you? And she said, because you're not. And so I got permission from someone who loves following the American dream and loves climbing up the corporate ladder. It is a turn on for them. It is exciting. It is life giving. And then there are the people like me who it is not, but it's mapped out. It's like, here, follow this list, follow this plan of perfection and attainment, and you'll be happy. And for some of us, we just aren't. Yeah, I think, and that's a good point to make. I like the range that you present in this because I was going to say that things like the corporate ladder, things like you know, growing, building promotions and jobs and companies, and the, that is something that's really exciting for me. And in making sure that the organization that I'm with allows for that growth and evolution as well. So, no matter where somebody falls on this spectrum, applying some of these concepts to this evolution, I think is so key. Can you take us through what that authentic evolution might look like? I mean, you definitely described it from you as a person. Do you have a different methodology with people you work with or? Yeah, definitely. So authentic evolution is a seven step process that just flew out of my mouth uh, at the end of a podcast interview back in March, 2020. And so from there, I've created the system and the online program and a 42 page workbook that takes you through all of this. So really, uh, <laughs> authentic evolution is, um, what I find is that we live in survival of the fitting innest. It's a little play on Darwin's evolution, survival of the fittest. And so when, when we live from that place of having to fit in to survive, we do not find who we are. And so authentic evolution, the first step that you can receive actually through the website is uh, look back to move forward. And so what's really important is that you look back on your life. Where were you told that what you truly wanted was wrong or not okay or abnormal or even shameful, forbidden or taboo? Mm -hmm. And what desires have you had for yourself in your relationships, in your career, in your uh relationship with money in your uh, communication in the way you dress or how you express your identity and so that's the first step is to just really look at who taught you and where did you learn that you are not correct as a human being you're not perfect as a human being you're not acceptable as a human mm -hmm. being and as a full-fledged fucking adult guess what you don't have to subscribe to that shit anymore those are all what I call prescriptions. We're prescribed. Life is so prescriptive. That list of like, do this, 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 and this, they're prescriptions. And like, some people get off on them. Brandy gets off on them. Awesome. <laughs> Me on the other hand, nope. I want to give away everything I own and gallivant across the globe and uh, be a digital nomad for a few years. Mm -hmm. That's that's me. I think it's amazing. And that I love even the different pieces within that and how it can apply to different areas of somebody's life, right? Because we end up 
based on everything that you were just saying that we learn from others, these prescriptions, we end up applying those. And sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves. No one around it actually is. And what comes to mind is like being the perfect mom or being the perfect executive, yeah. or even being something that you that you've de defined as perfect within this, this journey. Even if you're on the right path, you don't always need to, to be perfect within that path. Exactly. You, you nailed it. And so the first step is where and when were you told that you're not perfect? Like those might not have been the literal words, but someone said to you, don't like that. Don't be that way. You'll, you, you won't have friends. You won't belong. Don't dress that way. Oh, that is a silly dream for yourself. Anywhere somebody stamped out uh, what, what turned you on and lit you up, these are the things that we need to identify at first because that is stepping out of survival of the fitting innest and stepping into authentic evolution. I love that. And so I've heard rumors about a scarf, that you use a scarf somehow in the work that you do. Can you tell me more about the scarf in your work? Yes, definitely. <clears throat> so I want to note that this was before I really started learning about um, settler colonialism and the patriarchy and white supremacy and how that contributes to these ideas of perfection and this pursuit of perfection and fitting in and conforming. And so the words that I have been using is society, culture, religion, and family. So they're the, the grand umbrella of um, indoctrination of prescriptions like society tells us who and how to be and society includes the media uh people around you at the grocery store and everything in between uh culture includes like subcultures like maybe you're like a skater person or a punk rock person or wider cultures like black culture and then religion includes any religious influence you've been around in your entire life. And so it doesn't have to mean that you grew up in a religion. In, um, in the United States of America, for instance, we have puritanical religious culture trying to perfect us and purify us uh, all the time. And then family. Family, some people are like, I don't identify with that because they didn't grow up with their, their blood relatives. So really family is anyone who had influence on your upbringing and still has influence on you today or a new person who has influence on you today um, in your immediate environment. And so if you look at that, society, culture, religion, family, S-C-R-F, I realized, oh, that spells scarf practically. <laughs> and then furthermore, I was like, oh my gosh, as you grow up, it's like, be a good girl, boys don't cry, uh, get a real job, cut your hair, what's wrong with you? Ooh, don't dress that way, people think you're a slut. Hey dude, you had sex with two chicks this weekend, you're fucking awesome. And all of these are prescriptions that get knit into our scarf and they feel cozy and warm because they create acceptance as we're growing up. But again, as full-fledged fucking adults, we come to this reconciliation and realize that scarf has become a noose and it is choking the life out of us. These aren't life-giving things. Some of them are. Some prescriptions are like, my family said, eat dinner with your family every night and bond. And that's a great one. So I have that one in my scarf still, but the scarf is uh, a metaphor for 
the life sucking, choking, noose making that all of these prescriptions give you when you continue to choose to subscribe to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what authentic evolution process does is it's a reconciliation. Like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, look at all these things I'm still wearing. I don't need this shit anymore. See ya. Mm-hmm. And brings you to a place of choice and self-permission to be who you are and step away from survival of the fitting inest and knit the scarf that feels yummy for you. I love that. I also love that you gave examples, whether it's in you know, the society, the, the religious or the family, the different pieces and pressures that some are positive and some are very diminishing and negative. And what I mean by positive is people think they're doing you right by pushing us towards a certain area or could actually be positive and right for the value system that you, that a person authentically wants to be a part of, i.e. the example you gave with your family. And so some of those pressures end up becoming part of us and some of them are ones that we've taken on because we think that's the right thing to do. And I, I when do you think, and maybe this is kind of an off the wall question, but when is somebody at a place of maturity emotionally from an emotional intelligence standpoint to be having these conversations? Is this something a kid can do or do we have to be a bit more comfortable <laughs> in our skin, a little older? Yeah, uh, quite frankly, I work with adults who realize that they are unattached from who they were born to be. And so I, I'm not an expert and I don't have a lot of experience working with it with children other than like they they come to an age where they start to care what everybody thinks about them and then uh before that they're like i do what i want i wear what i want you know all of that but for me i work with adults who are realizing that they are not who they truly are and they're so steeped so steeped in the prescriptions that they can't even excavate themselves. They don't know how to exorcise the demons out of them of all of those prescriptions that don't work for them anymore. So I love that you are attuning to emotional maturity. And so authentic evolution is going to take you through all of these steps to realize this. And then yes, you need life skills that weren't taught to you. You you need maybe to overcome some traumatic events in your life. And you need to feel fortified in yourself to be able to address conflict and difficult conversations and when people when you aren't being a people pleaser anymore. So I specialize in people pleaser recovery and stepping into unabashed badassery. People pleaser recovery. I love, I love that. And so you've talked a little bit about your journey. Is there any other part of your journey that you want to share or are willing to share with all of us? Yeah, I think a cute, not cute, a sentimental piece is uh, I, a foundation to all of this is permission. Most people I find the reason why they are the way they are and they do the things they do on whatever list they've been given is because they've been given permission that that's an okay way to be by the outside world. And what's important is that you give yourself the permission and authentic evolution helps facilitate that for you. But then, you know, you come into group coaching or one-on-one coaching or something with me or someone who you trust can hold your authenticity and that tenderness of it. And so the sentimental thing is 
this all catalyzed for me in 2011 when I was sitting next to my mother on her deathbed. And I realized I had never experienced what I thought was an orgasm and she was dying and I needed to know like the answer to the mystery. And here's the segue that we didn't have in the beginning and here we are at the end, like buttoning it up real quick. Um, I asked her, my prude Catholic mother, mom, have you ever had an orgasm? And she looked around and was really awkward and said, I don't know. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? Because I wanted her to solve the mystery for me. But we ended up having our first and only conversation about sex and sexuality and eroticism. And that's where that all came in in the beginning. And the end of that was, if she said, if I could do it over again, I would be more open and adventurous sexually. Hmm. For me, that was permission from her to me, again, an external source of permission. And then about two years later, I finally gave myself permission to resurrect my turn on that was washed out of me through my Catholic childhood around a bunch of Mormons and exercise all of the prescriptive demons that told me that sensuality was, you know, disgusting and permit, per, forbidden and women who were that way were just like gross and promiscuous and all of this and resurrected my turn on from that permission from my mom, which I had to give to myself in order to get in touch with that Eros life force that you mm-hmm. all have. That is the compass that lights the path to make your life worth living. And you've mentioned now the erotic side to things. How essential is that in part of this journey? Are there some people that come to you and that portion of their life is figured out and you can tap into it to then help them evolve as a leader? Or um, or is, is it typically hand in hand, meaning if somebody feels stuck in a leadership role, then likely they are feeling stuck in other sides of their lives as well? Yeah, all of the above, Randy. There are people who are radically free. They they don't feel the shame and repression and guilt that a lot of people feel. And then people come to me just riddled with it. And um, basically, they're in, in bondage to it in not a fun way. And so... <laughs> So everything in between, and quite frankly, those of us who feel we have our eroticism on lockdown and we know what we want, you know, in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom and we're shame and guilt free, there's always more. Like sexuality and eroticism is infinite. I have a sign on the refrigerator door with me and my partner's names and it says, our sexuality is in its infancy and is to be treated with tenderness, love and curiosity and wonder at all times. And I highly recommend that, uh, that anyone adopt that um, because once you think you know, you stop expanding and expansion and transformation is infinite when you allow your eroticism to never be like resolved, known, on lockdown, figured out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing you said at the at the beginning in the intro were, were two aspects of, of health, and I forgot, it may have been like psychological and physical health. And on my website, I have this wheel of health and well-being and the thing is, we pay attention to psychological, physical, emotional, and um, there's another one I can't think of right now. And one of them, one of one of the aspects 
that we don't spend time scheduling into our planner, paying people to help us, you know, create a meal plan or go to the gym or go to yoga. Oh, spiritual health. That's the one. Sexual health is part of our well-being. And I love that you're doing this whole segment on, of episodes on wellness. And I'm inviting everyone in your will of well-being, please include your sexual health and well-being and treat it like you treat all the other ones. Seek professionals, seek help, pay for classes, pay for professionals, and make it an instrumental part of your well-being because it will lead you to what is life-giving and the rest of, of the wholeness of your mm -hmm. well-being overall. I love that. And thank you for that shout out. And I think that uh, a lot of people that are watching will have certain things that think they need to work on from a health standpoint and broadening even that perspective is one that's, that's so important. Can you share a funny story with us? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like off topic, but hilarious. Um, <laughs> this one time when I was young, I grew up in a cow pasture out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming on the border of Utah and we're driving home and I'm younger than my oldest brother by nine years. And so he and my mother are in the front seat, talk, 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 talking like they always did and ignoring me and not paying attention to me. <laughs> and we're almost home and I see this gigantic bull, B-U-L-L, -L, with huge horns in the yard, like in the driveway. And they're just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and my mom's not even paying attention. And I go, mom, 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 mom. And then finally she's like, what? And I said, there's a bull in the yard. And she's like, we'll go pick it up. <laughs> she thought I said B-O-W-L. And I was like, no, there's a bull in the yard and she looks and like screeches to a halt in in the car and it's just like you know where our upbringing and the social dynamics and everything tell us so much about ourselves and fortunately i did not learn that my voice didn't matter i just got louder and that does serve me in some places as an adult i prescribed to i i must be louder in order to be heard and that's something that i'm healing in my evolution my authentic evolution no you don't have to always yell and be loud to be heard um but the the bull and bowl are hard for me to say i guess and hard for people to understand out my mouth <laughs> and to a completely different experience if you went out into the yard and tried to uh handle it yes <laughs> so it also i love that story and the fact of like that it's showing that how much we all can be distracted when we try to multitask, whether that's having conversations or not giving somebody our full listening attention. So there's a lot of sides to that story as well. Thank you for sharing that. Can you leave us with a bold action item or takeaway? The bold action item really is that reconciliation. Like look back and really as a full-fledged adult, look back on those moments, like bring in your protector, whatever, like I'm 38. So I bring in my 38 year old self and look back on those memories and notice when you like transgress into your childhood self and come in fully as that adult self to all of those moments where you were told that you aren't good, you aren't right, you aren't perfect and boldly reclaim those aspects of yourself because they're who you truly are 
and the birthright. It's your birthright to be able to express those in your life today. And I want that for you. And that is a bold, bold action that you can take to start to reclaim your life. Love it. So quick rapid fire answers. If I could, I would blank every day. Jump into a cold alpine lake naked. I would like, no, I don't know. Yeah, that awesome. I should be appreciative that that sounds amazing. I don't even have something to say after that. To me, I prefer it to be like at least warmer or that kind of thing. That's great. Awesome. And the world would be a better place if? People learn to trust themselves and their own answers and their own damn permission and said bye-bye to everybody else's. I love it. If people wanted to get a hold of you, do they head out to your website? MonicaJane.com. Jane is with a Y, like you see in the little subtitle there, J-A-Y-N-E. And also on Instagram, it's uh, I'm Monica Jane on there. It's literally I am Monica Jane. Uh, and you can DM me and start a conversation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great to get to know. I feel like we could talk all day on this topic. I appreciate you and thank you for sharing your story and some of your work with those of us that, that have joined the, the Hotbox crew. So I will see you hopefully very soon and keep kicking ass. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you, Monica. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Let's head out to the shout out. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Elias Asef. This area, we are the community center where we maintain alive the cultural contributions of the African ancestors in our popular image. It's a pleasure for, to me to meet the uh, Brandy, and this is for Hot Box. Thank you to our friend from Cuba. They're giving the shout out and thank you to Monica Jane once again for being here with us. It's time for your top three kick-ass. So first up is as you authentically evolve to one, listen to your spirit. I think it's important for all of us to, to be listening, ears open and paying attention and not necessarily settle into those prescriptions as Monica advised. The second is to surrender any doubt that you can, because you can. This is you. No one knows you better than you. It's time for us to listen to ourselves. Think about health beyond just mental or physical health. And think about things like sexual health and how that plays into our own journey. And number three is to be brazenly or unabashedly you, right? And be the badass that you deserve to be. That's our top three kick-ass. Thank you again to Monica Jane. It was great to hear that story. If you want to reach out to her, please do head out to her website, monicajane.com, or hit us up on the Strategic Hotbox. We'll have some info for her there as well. And that's strategichotbox.com or at Strategic Hotbox on, you know, any of those socials. You can find me. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass. <laughs>